Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Okay, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I'm Ross Hillier. We are episode 101. We're officially on the other side of episode 100 now, which is pretty wild. Um, if you guys haven't done so yet, go because there's only a few more days. So if you're listening to this, you know, weeks after I'm posting this, then too late, whatever. Uh, but if you haven't done it yet, go enter the giveaway on the website, uh, on Instagram on all the socials for the 100th episode giveaway that we're doing. It's massive. There's all kinds of things that got contributed to it. Uh, or, you know, you can go back and listen to the previous episode. There's the link in the notes there and you get all the info about it. But that's still going on for a little while longer. Next, uh, we are talking today about some actual fitness stuff. Um, you know, a lot of these last handful of solo episodes, they're very uh, mindset oriented and uh, been getting a lot of questions about some very specific things on the training side of stuff. And so I wanted to touch on that today. And so we are going to do exactly that with a topic that is near and dear to me and one that has been covered in several episodes and with several different guests, but we're going to take a very specific look at it today. And we're talking about kettlebells, probably could have guessed, but more specifically, training with heavy kettlebells. This is one of the things that I believe is very blatantly missing from a lot of people's training programs that use kettlebells. And there's a there's a difference in training with heavy kettlebells and training with heavy kettlebells doing kettlebell movements because a lot of people will do kettlebell you know there's only one or two things they know how to do with the kettlebell which is great that i mean that that's great um but the versatility that kettlebells provide and then also utilizing those movements with heavy bells will provide so much benefit and you'll get so much more out of what you're doing um now, there's a lot of things that we're going to have to cover in this episode regarding heavy kettlebells because I am not 
just saying, whatever exercises you're doing with kettlebell, just go heavier. Although in some instances that will be the case, but it's not just like, hey, I'm going to try and pick up this hundred pound bell that I've never even touched before. Um, there's definitely prep work and there's definitely things you need to do to build up to these things. It's just like any other strength movement, any other strength thing. You're not going to just cold walk up to a you know 500 pound bar and try to deadlift it if you've never deadlifted over 300 pounds, right? And if you are going to try that anyways, you probably know how that's going to go. So first, what I want to talk about here is the reason that it's so beneficial to train with heavier bells. Uh, first of all, a lot of people that you see train with kettlebells, and this is no fault to them. Uh, I think at this point now, we're, there's a lot of really great kettlebell education out there. But when, uh, when I was starting with them, um, and I know a lot of the guys that I've learned from when they were starting with them, there was nobody teaching it. You know, these are ancient tools, um, but it was really not in the mainstream until the last decade or so, and maybe not even that long. But there's all kinds of things that you can get from training with kettlebells. But a lot of people, and you see, you know, swings, you see presses, you see goblet squats. That, that's a lot of the majority of what people use them for because those are exercises that they've seen a lot of. Maybe they're versions of exercise they've done with other implements they feel comfortable with. So they just want to try it with a new implement. Totally great. Uh, and the initial assumption that I just need to go light to start because I don't know what I'm doing is also a great assumption. There are a couple of instances where that's where that assumption is actually causing you to not get the most out of the movement, how it's, how it's supposed to be done. And, uh, you know, we can break it down to maybe some recommended percentages of body weight or that kind of thing to start specifically as it relates to the swing. And this is something we've talked a lot about on the podcast with a couple of different guests. Um, uh, Akira, Van Eggman, Joe DiStefano, uh, Greg Walsh, James Fuller, all these guys are proponents of training heavy with heavy bells to gain mobility and to gain uh, access to new ranges of motion. And uh, a lot of them are, in, in a lot of degrees, some of the best kettlebell coaches I've ever met, probably in the world. And um, it's one of these things where it just takes a lot of time under tension, just like it should be for every new training modality that we're, that we're talking about here. So as we're talking about kettlebells, I'm going to break down the swing first. Okay, the swing is the one that everybody probably has seen the most of and is, you know, thinks that's maybe the primary exercise to do with a kettlebell. So this is one of the ones that is most frequently done with far too light of a weight. And uh, the reason that that can be a problem is because the entire point of a kettlebell swing is to create hip drive and have it to be very explosive. You're moving that kettlebell with the momentum driven by the force of your hips right? A powerful hinge motion. Uh, it is not a squat into a shoulder raise, which is what a lot of people will do when they're, when they're very new at it. They see something that looks like a swing. And uh, if you can pick up, I have, I have a couple of general rules. If you can front raise, uh, front raise the kettlebell just standing and hold it by the handles and pick it up and hold it for more than a couple of seconds, maybe even one or two seconds at, at like, you know, at 90 degrees or, or parallel to the ground, then it's, it's too light for you to do swings. Um, the percentage, if we were to give a percentage, it's, it's somewhere between 20, 25% of your body weight is a good weight to swing with to start. That's like where we need to be starting. And 
here's the thing with this. Swings are, are generally not the first movement I recommend to people because there's a lot that we have to build up in order to be okay, have the structure in place to be doing movements powerfully and forcefully like we would on a kettlebell swing, right? Um, but if we're, gonna, if we're to the point where we're swinging regularly or maybe you're just wanting to, to get better at swings and you've done them for a while and you think your technique can improve, I would encourage you just to, to bump it up uh, maybe 5-10% in weight and see what that does. It forces you to have to use your hips to move it rather than trying to lift it with your arms. And the whole point is to create that powerful uh, full lockout motion at the top. You go through that, uh, that descending phase where you're controlling it as you go into that hinge pattern. And it's all just momentum. It's a pendulum, you know, using your hips to drive that bell. And so for the swing, I, you know, like I said, 20 to 25% of your body weight is my recommended swing weight you know, for most people, even at the beginning. Um, but prior to that, I want to touch on the swing first, because that's the one that gets asked about most frequently. Uh, prior to that, though, there's a way to approach this that it's it's really something that I haven't been able to put into words until recently, a couple of conversations I had, a couple of them on this podcast, uh, that once I started messing around with it, it just made a lot of really good practical sense. And I've adopted it a lot into how I am coaching the, the guys that I work with. And that approach is, especially with kettlebells, there is a very heavy, uh, a very heavy use on your posterior chain. And that's, that's everything on your backside, right? Call those the go muscles. Everything on the front, we call the show muscles. And uh, so your go muscles in the back, everything in your back, your low back, your glutes, your hamstrings, all the way down through your calves. I mean, everything back there is what powers your body, right? So we need to develop a strong, athletic, healthy posterior chain if we're going to move up in in weight, move up in ability level of some of these exercises. And the the best way I believe to do that with the kettlebell is just to start doing kettlebell deadlifts. Do double hand kettlebell deadlifts with a normal stance. Do single arm kettlebell deadlifts with a normal stance. Single arm kettlebell deadlifts with a single leg stance or like a kickstand stance, which is one that I use a lot. Um, it's, you know, it's essentially a single leg deadlift, but you, you've got a kickstand that's, you know, your foot on your toe a little bit behind the one in front just to provide a little bit of balance. You know, you're not balancing on that front foot, but you're still able to focus on, uh, you're still able to focus on that front leg. And then one of the ones that I've loved that I got from, uh, James, who does a lot of old time strongman movements is a heavy side bend. And that one, you're standing like you're walking across a tightrope. So whatever foot is in front, the weight is on that side. So if my right foot's in front, I'm holding the weight in my right hand and I'm bending directly over to the side. That one, uh, get comfortable with on the lighter to moderate side. And then once you just understand the movement, you're okay to bump up the weight a little bit on that. But getting a strong posterior chain, starting with those movements and just spending tons of times, like this is not a thing where I would say, you know, you need to do three sets of 12, three sets of 15 or whatever it is. Like I would just go out and spend... 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and do a bunch of different deadlift variations uh, with different pauses, with different grips, with different uh, foot placements, as much as you can to help build that up. 
Uh, because the other thing that's going to do that kettlebells really emphasize is hand strength. And that's one of the things that people have a really tough time with because the handles on kettlebells are, are often much thicker than dumbbells or barbells. And so that grip is not something that's usually challenged. So once we move from that, the next movement on the list in priority for me anyways, is a row, a bent over row. And there's all kinds of ways we can do those. We can do gorilla rows where you've got, uh, you're holding a kettlebell in each hand, you got a wider stance, you're bent over your back as parallel to the ground and you're you're one at a time kind of seesaw rowing them into your chest and uh there's single arm rows there's double arm rows together feet together i mean there's all kinds of variations the point being we need to develop you know our lats and understand how to feel our lats when we do things because all of these things were, were as we're progressing up this chain of uh chain of movements it's building the base like the foundation of how to move heavy weight right and so uh the row is really the the next next on the list in priorities for me anyways i've seen that that can be the most beneficial for for getting a you know having a strong back in an age where we sit so much during the day we're hunched over on computers we're hunched over on phones we're sitting in couches and cars and chairs all the time strengthening that posterior chain, doing a bunch of, of deadlifts and all kinds of variations, doing a bunch of rows and high volumes of all kinds of variations and different pauses and tempos and weights and bumping those weights up it is going to do such great things for your spine, your back, your posture, and just general strength altogether. And uh, so that's why we start with those two movements. And then as it goes from there, you begin to develop that power, you can then start to work into a swing. And we already talked about the, you know, the different mechanics of a swing. But after we go to swing is when you can now work on a clean you bring that clean up into a front rack position with a kettlebell. And this is one of the things that Akira said in our episode that I thought was awesome. Um, spending time just holding in the rack position because that's going to fire up your mid-back like nobody's business and bracing your abs. And just the, the whole point of all of this is to just spend a ton of time in all of these positions. And uh, what that's going to do is just accumulating so much volume, you're going to adapt to it. And it doesn't have to be a very complicated structure for you to train this way. You know, it might seem boring at first, but there's all kinds of ways that you can go back and forth with supersets and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, you can still do other things like pull-ups and push-ups and other bodyweight exercises. Um, but the, the hierarchy of them, in my opinion, you know, we're starting with the, the hinge movement, the deadlift, because you got to get the kettlebell off the ground, Right strong enough to get the kettlebell off the ground. Now I can row it to my chest. Now I'm, I'm really strong in both of those areas. Now I can practice swinging and being a little more powerful with it because now I got to get it up to my front rack position. Now, once it's in my front rack position, I'm, my, I'm, my options are limitless at that point. I've got all my presses. I've got uh, holding it in a goblet squat position. I've got a bent press. I've got snatches. I've got, you know, every other thing that we can do with a kettlebell, you know, really kind of begins at that front rack position. Um, but that's one of the things that once you've spent the time under heavy load of those previous few movements, you get to those other things, you're going to be way stronger without ever having done a press yet. And so it's one of those things where just creating that strong base, that strong foundation is going to pay dividends way farther down uh, in the line as it relates to your general strength. And, and the cool thing about training with heavy kettlebells is, and this is one of the stuff that James and I went over a lot is, it, you know, the benefit that you get mobility wise, putting things in a, a position that is needing to be opened up. 
whether it be a press, whether it be a twisting press, you know, I got all these old time movements from him that I still introduce or in, use in my, uh, in my own training. I introduce them to the guys that I train, uh, twisting presses, waiters presses, bent presses or side presses, um, all of these other kind of things. A heavy load is going to force you into some open positions and you're doing these slowly. You're, you're breathing through each section of the movement. You're not just, you know, throwing weight around very violently in those positions into things you can't stabilize or structure well, because that's when injuries happen, but you're moving slow. You're allowing your breath to dictate your, your pace of movement. And it is allowing yourself to open up in some different ranges of motion. And so that's really like where the, where the beauty of kettlebells can be is the versatility of them. I don't just mean like, hey, there's maybe five or six more exercises that you can't really do with a dumbbell. That's maybe part of it for a lot of people. But the ability that you have to manipulate your body in a way that is just really difficult with other implements, using it to gain mobility, using it in heavy ways to do things like get-ups, right? Getting up off the ground, Turkish get-up style, one of my favorite exercises. There's there's a lot of things that you can go into with kettlebells. Um, and, and really the one thing we haven't touched on yet that I think a lot of people can do very easily, very early on is heavy carries, whether it be farmer carries, single arm carries. And this can kind of coincide with uh, the phase where you're doing deadlifts because it's just very similar thing. You know, you can just pick them up like you would deadlifting then just start walking with them. And that's going to develop that hand, wrist, forearm structure and strength for grip, uh, which is a massive part of being able to train effectively with kettlebells, being able to hold on to them, right? So uh, if that's the case, doing tons of carries, different lengths, different weights, if you're going to go for, you know, 400 meters, you're probably not going to go for your max weight because you won't make it that far without having to drop it a thousand times. Like there's all kinds of different ways to do this. So all of this to say, there's so much variation that even though you're only doing maybe two or three movements, it doesn't have to be a boring way to train. There's so many different ways. And, and this is really an experimental kind of phase that people can go through if they're struggling with maybe like, hey, I want to build up some strength to do some cool things with a kettlebell. Um, so I'm going to need to go back a little bit. And from there, spend some time. Like, And this is one of the things, again, that I talked about with Akira on that podcast we did a couple months back. You know, we're training for fitness and strength when we're in our 80s, right? Like decades from now. So when you think of it in such a long term, it's no issue for us to spend four to six months, you know, what we would maybe say is going going back a couple of steps, but to build up a bigger foundation, like four to six months is nothing in the scope of the next 40 years, plus 50, 60 years, depending on how old you are, right? So spend that time and develop the the structure and the strength, you know, using these kind of protocols. And it's it's just gonna pay more dividends in the long run. And so my my plea to all of you is to make kettlebells heavy again, as my friend Joe Stefano has said many times, and it's just the truest statement ever. Like, don't be afraid of using heavy bells and understand that there's actually a very important purpose. It's not just about, you know, seeing how much weight I can do a single rep with. Training with them heavy actually produces a ton of benefit in itself. So uh, that's where I wanted to do today with this podcast. And it's been something I've been asked about a lot in the last couple of weeks. So that's why we hit this one. So that's how we're going to wrap this up. If you've got questions on any of this, hit me up on Instagram. I'll answer any questions. Uh, I might do a Q&A episode. So I imagine there'll probably be some for that. Uh, but 
that's where we're cutting this one today. Uh, Thank you guys. I appreciate all of you. Talk to you next week.